eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to Loho Daily. I'm Loho, Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As you can tell by the title of this here program i'm going to talk about the hall of fame i am loath to talk about the hall of fame because inevitably whenever baseball's hall of fame to be specific has its vote and people are left out or people are put in there usually is some sort of rationale that is put out by people who vote for the hall of fame And a lot of times I find it to be self-aggrandizing and self-important. And I know that I'm saying that on a podcast that has my nickname on it. I I understand that there is some inherent irony in me giving my opinion about the Hall of Fame. But I'm giving you my opinion about it because of a couple of things. One, when I was younger and... I was getting into journalism and figuring out that I could make a life and a career out of doing this for a living, that I really enjoy it. I love sports. Side note, I still really do love sports. And I I always wondered, would there be a point where I didn't love sports as much as I do? And it hasn't come yet. There have been days When I was covering the Bears and stuck in traffic on my way back from Hallis Hall to Hyde Park, there were definitely days where I'm like, is this what we wanted to do? But, you know, before I got out of college, I had my taste of, like, working in an office-type setting, and it just never took for me. I don't know why, but it just never did. Now, maybe it's because I didn't find out, find exactly what I was looking for, and perhaps had I gone to law school... Being a lawyer would be pretty great. Anyway, when I was younger and figuring out that I could do this for a living and then finding out what some of the, I guess, perks or maybe in this case responsibilities were working in media that I could have a Heisman vote or I could have a Hall of Fame vote if I became a writer and I could do that and I could I could be a gatekeeper to the Hall of Fame. That was really exciting. I was like, man, not only does my opinion matter, it really matters. And I get to be 
someone who gets to say yes or no. I get to be Emperor Nero, and I get to go thumbs up or thumbs down on people making the Hall of Fame. As you can tell by my tone, I don't. that is not really that attractive to me. So that's one reason why I wanted to talk to you about it, because I am someone who coveted the opportunity to maybe be inside of the club of people that were holding the gates open or closed for particular individuals. The second reason that I bring it up is because I wanted to share with you that I've just gotten to a place where I honestly, I care because it's sports, but it, I was thinking about this over the last couple of days. This is something that would have 10 years ago would have been front and center on programming of the score. I don't know how much time on the radio show that I'm even going to spend talking about it. Although there's one particular case that I would like to make on behalf of a White Sox who is no longer going to be on the ballot. I guess that I understand the draw of having a vote, making your vote count, voting for the people that you watched up close, that you covered, that you heard the stories about, that you talked to people about. I guess there's still something to that. But for me, my standard used to be if you say the player's name and ask someone if that person's a Hall of Famer, if you don't immediately say yes, then you know that they're not a Hall of Famer. Play the game with whomever player you want in your head. I'm not going to name names, but just do it in your head. Think about some players and then go, is my first thought that this person is a Hall of Famer? Whatever. Now we try to dig a little bit more deeply into it and not just go off of what is in our mind's eye and we try to argue some of these things statistically. Where I'm stuck and where I've been stuck for the last couple of years is what to do with people that, A, we know did performance-enhancing drugs or, B, people we suspect did performance-enhancing drugs and then trying to sift through the the level at which we think they participated in using performance-enhancing drugs. In the case of Sammy Sosa, it's hard for me to believe that his vote total is still in the teens while Bonds and Clemens and Ramirez are much higher. Bonds and Clemens more so than Ramirez, but still, Manny like literally got popped for it and he gets more votes than Sammy Sosa. I'm not here to argue for Sammy Sosa. Again, I don't care, but there is something that seems inherently wrong about there being no real standard for what people are attaching their vote to other than their own subjectivity. And if the hall of fame is the Oscars, where it's more art than it is science, fine. But I feel like then there should be some standards and there should just be, all of these guys should just go in. And I'm not sure what to do with any of this stuff 
other than to roll my eyes whenever it comes up. It's a lot of it seems silly to me. Like, for example, we all know that King Griffey Jr. was a Hall of Famer. Why in the world would there be people who would say he wasn't? Because they don't want him to be 100%. Same thing with Derek Jeter. And I know that there are, there are, are quibbles about Jeter's defensive proficiency. But we all know that Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. So why does it... Why does one feel the tug to not vote for him? Because he shouldn't be. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand exactly what the gatekeepers of baseball are keeping the gates open or closed for. Let me talk about the White Sox player on the ballot for a second. Paul Konerko. All right. Let's take your premise that guys who did performance-enhancing drugs are bad people, and these are the people that need to be kept away from all of the um, um, racist, uh, amphetamine-using, spitball-throwing people who are in the Hall of Fame right now. Okay? Let's say that that's your firm line. That's the line in the sand that you're going to draw. Well, here's Paul Konerko. Here's a guy who's never been tainted by accusations that he is a PED user. He's someone that hit 400 home runs in the league, who played for a really long time and was pretty good for a long time. On top of having uh, a signature moment in a World Series, hitting his Grand Slam against the Astros. He's not even going to he's not even going to reach the threshold to be on the ballot next year. Now, in my mind, if if I were to you if I was going to give you the the rhetorical question that I gave at the beginning, is Paul Konerko a Hall of Famer? My answer would be no. But for him to only get two and a half percent of the vote seems crazy to me when there is still a bit of a crusade against people who we think did performance-enhancing drugs or were proven to have done performance-enhancing drugs. Do you see what I mean? It's gotten to the point where it's so convoluted and confusing. That's why it's it makes me laugh. Like I, To me, it's a little bit of a joke. And I'm not sure... I'm not sure how any of us should feel about it. I, I also have now gotten to the point I have a tremendous amount of respect for the people who cover baseball the writers who cover baseball I talk to a ton of them I I like those guys very much and it seems to be very male um it, very male very white which is fine because I think that most of the people that do the voting take their votes very seriously but come on do you realize that Bruce Levine, who works for the score, doesn't qualify to have a Hall of Fame vote because he's not he hasn't been a writer for 10 years and that's the threshold. Like think about it this way. All the great broadcasters that you know don't have a vote for the Hall of Fame. 
like some of the guys that are the closest to the game that you can be outside of the the guys who are covering it every day. They don't have a vote. Bob Costas doesn't have a Hall of Fame vote. Like that is that's crazy to me that there's still so much that I find that's wrong with this that it it just leaves me as a fan going, I don't care. Whatever you guys want to do, however we want to play it, I just like some actual guidelines. And then for people to stick th- with those guidelines. Vin Scully doesn't vote for the Hall of Fame. You're telling me that there are more qualified people than Vin Scully to determine who is and who isn't a Hall of Famer. I feel bad for the people that really want it and aren't going to get it. I do feel bad because it it feels as if in Konerko's case that his career is completely disrespected. He's a guy that belongs in the Hall of the Very Good. And the Hall of Very Good is usually some sort of waiting room where you're getting more than 5% of the vote every year. And you're at least on the ballot for a few years. And for him to not even get that to me is, it makes me really sad. All I'm saying, in conclusion, it would be better if everyone kind of knew what everyone was doing beforehand. A lot of the times the writers will come out and they'll tell you, well, this is what I was thinking when I filled out my ballot. Everyone's not on the same page. Everyone doesn't seem to have a similar grasp of what did or did not happen in baseball, who is or who was cheating, and whether or not the cheating matters. Like the degree, like that's another thing about baseball that the Astros thing helped bring to light for me. It's always cute. Base cheating in baseball is always cute. Everyone's trying to to habitually line step in baseball until it wasn't cute. The Astros thing wasn't cute. You mean to tell me that they're using technology to figure out pitches? Yeah, and before that, they were using binoculars. And isn't binoculars technology? And before that, they were using lights on a scoreboard in center field. The stories you hear about how the the metrodome they'd open the doors for to the outside while the 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 twins were up and then they close them when the white Sox. that type of, it's always been there all this stuff has always been there and we kind of let it slide and everyone kind of has their they look at baseball and they see it a different way and I'm cool with that but I'm I'm just so tired of They're not being a standard and an an explained standard for people who are fans of the game to understand why voters are voting a particular way. Like I, I just, I honestly do not understand how Bonds and Clemens are getting 60% of the vote while Sosa is at like 12%. That I don't get. And if you're here to tell me that Bonds was on the trajectory to be a hall of famer anyway, fine, fine. 
we kind of have a line in the sand of when we think he may have cheated if he cheated. Do you have that for Roger Clemens? Do you have that for Manny Ramirez? Well, he got caught, right? So how is the guy that got caught getting more votes than a guy with 600 home runs who, while we all may suspect something, didn't get caught doing anything? And they tell us that there's a purity that they want. And yet, when there are players like Paul Konerko or like Andrew Jones, I don't, I don't remember Andrew Jones being involved in any steroid conversation, but for God's sakes, who knows? When you've got players like that that are still sitting here with good numbers and maybe numbers, if, if we are to, here's my bottom line on this. If we're to believe that there was a period of time where there were players, there were players on a bunch of different teams that were doing all sorts of stuff. If there are players that we don't think or or aren't there aren't any credible accusations against those players that might be doing it, then maybe 400 home runs is pretty great. And maybe that person who we don't think was doing stuff, should be in the Hall of Fame because they were doing this against players who were. But none of us know. I guess I probably care a little bit more than I let on. But I still, at the end of it, I'm stuck here going, it matters to those guys. And I feel bad for anyone like Paul Konerko or Andrew Jones or Fred McGriff or any of these other, Frank Thomas, he's in though, that that feel like maybe they weren't given proper due for their career because of the era that they played. And the voters are still holding the era against those players. I don't understand it. I appreciate you letting me rant. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I'm sure you'll probably have some sort of discussion about the hall of fame too. (sighs) Talk to you tomorrow.